0: Welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of insanity, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And Leah, back in the day when we did a daily show on KFI in Los Angeles... I thought one of the uh, the many downsides of doing that was that there just wasn't enough news on a <laughs> daily basis to be able to do three hours of credible talk radio in an entertaining fashion. That's why so many talk radio hosts are frauds, because you just got to make it up in order to be entertaining for three or sometimes four hours a day, five days a week, because there's just not enough news. So when Yeah, we-,
1: we don't have that problem anymore.
0: Right. Well, now that we're on once a week, I'm thinking... <laughs> Can't we do this for like five or six, maybe seven hours? Because each week now, I mean, there's not been one week since we did this, started doing this show over a year and a half ago, almost two years now, where there has been a dearth of stuff to talk about. But this week in particular, oh. we, we are jam-packed, including uh, breaking news uh, they broke today involving the Democratic National Committee and Debbie Wasserman Schultz being forced to resign over emails. Boy. That escalated quickly. Yeah, (laughs) putting a shadow over the Democratic Convention in uh, Philadelphia. We'll talk about that. On a normal week, the uh, resignation of Roger Ailes at Fox News Channel would probably be the first thing we would talk about, since we talk nah. about talk about media issues quite a bit on this program. But uh, we'll be lucky if we, we get to that. I think we will. <laughs> um, you and I have a dispute uh, that we had over Twitter that we need to figure out, uh, as well as explain uh, my. And that
1: escalated really <laughs> quickly. Boy, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah, uh, and I'll... it was ugly.
0: Right. Well. Okay. Well. <laughs> We'll get into all of that because there's a point to it. It's not just to resolve an issue between uh, me and Leah, but also it relates to to uh, how I and this program will deal with Donald Trump uh, going forward. And speaking of Donald Trump, before we get into the, uh, the, the news of this weekend, which we will do in the next segment, I, I at least want to give a quick overview of obviously the biggest story of the week in many ways, which was the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, Ohio. And, of course, Leah, we have been promised by Donald Trump that this would be the greatest, most spectacular, Trumpiest convention of all time. Are you not entertained? And, and, and it did not disappoint. I mean, I, I'm curious as to what, what your favorite part was. My, my favorite was... You remember uh, Donald Trump promised us that there would be a winner's night, a, a champion's night of the great sports celebrities that would come forward and endorse him. And, and of course, uh, Tom Brady came out and, and spoke <laughs> and, and gave a great speech. And then it, and I thought it was really amazing when, when Brady... At the end of his speech, he took out a football, and he yeah. threw, threw it into the crowd, and there was Donald Trump making a one-handed catch. And then Trump <laughs> came up to the stage and made a joke about how the ball felt like it was deflated. I mean, everybody laughed. It was so hilarious. It was amazing. And then Mike Tyson came out and started oh, bo- started boxing <laughs> a— uh, uh, you know, fictitious uh, figure of Hillary Clinton and knocked her block off, and the crowd went crazy. And okay, then, we get then, your point. And then, and then there was <laughs> there was the acceptance address by Trump when. You know, a lot of people were concerned that he decided to go to the open stadium like Obama did in 2008. Uh, you know, there were some concerns about security and whether or not there'd be too many protesters. But he did it. It was jam-packed, the House. And then what I thought was really quite remarkable was when he had all the losing GOP candidates fly in. You know, they, they were all dropped, and they parachuted into the stadium okay. one by that one. That would have been awesome it was incredible i mean they all each of them carried a flag with letters that spelled out trump pens 2016 all (laughs) all of them came down safely of course chris christie broke his leg but that was kind of expected you know he's too fat (laughs) to be parachuting into the stadium and then of course trump came in on his helicopter it landed right on the stage and then he gave this remarkable speech where he embraced all of the other sixteen candidates. There was tremendous unity. Okay, <laughs> um, and he, he did. He didn't shout at all. He was very presidential. He told human stories about him. You know, him being far more humble than people thought that he was. He gave a vision for America into the future that was positive. Uh, he, he had uh, independent voters wrapped around his finger. It was the whole thing was remarkable. And, and then, and then I, I woke up from whatever dream I was having. Uh, none, none of that, of course, occurred. Uh, But we will talk about, among other things, uh, what actually did transpire at the Republican Convention because there there was a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, And as there is a ton of news to get to on this edition of the John and Leah Show, we'll do all that when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. You can check out each and every one of the 23 different radio stations across this formerly great nation of ours, which carry this program on a weekly basis at freespeechbroadcasting.com. And we've got a ton of news to get to between now and the end of the program, about two and a half Two hours and 45 minutes from now, to be exact. Let's start with the most recent story first, and it deals with emails. And boy, there has never been a campaign in the history (laughs) of presidential politics which has been more defined by emails than the Hillary Clinton campaign. Although this uh, revelation, this leak... Uh, that has occurred over the last couple of days of many, many emails has a little bit more to do with the Sanders campaign than it does Mm -hmm. uh, with the Hillary campaign. But, of course, it's all related. So, Leah, give us some of the crazy details that we've already learned (laughs) from this story.
1: Okay. And first of all, since you love to point out the news media, uh, let me just give the audience... Never. (laughs) Let me just give the audience an example. Uh, Everywhere I look... The following sentence is hitting me in the face. Uh, The fallout from the publication of hacked emails suggesting the Democratic National Committee favored Hillary Clinton in the primaries continues. That sentence is everywhere. Now, actually, the way I have written
0: this. I'm guessing it's a little different.
1: (laughs) Go go ahead. (laughs) Just a couple of days after WikiLeaks published thousands of leaked emails showing the DNC conspiring with news media to basically take down Bernie Sanders, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is out of there. See the difference. I think that's, that's it. the way it is. I think your
0: uh, description is probably more accurate. I agree. of
1: course I, it
0: is. I agree with that. I think that's well done, Leah. So it's
1: what I do for a living. <laughs> so, okay. So give us some more detail. All right. So Debbie Wasserman Schultz is resigning. Now she'll be stepping down at the end of the convention. The emails clearly show that Bernie Sanders never had a chance in getting the nomination. Sanders was railing about this throughout the primary, and now he's vindicated. What I
0: suggested to be true six months ago turns out, in fact, to be true. I'm not shocked, but I am disappointed, uh, and that is the way it is.
1: Okay, now here's what's really interesting. Hillary Clinton's campaign manager now is suggesting that Russia had something to do with this it's troubling that some experts are now telling us that this was done by by the russians for the purpose of helping donald trump (laughs) now uh that of course robbie mook he was on abc's this week he did not provide any evidence to back up those claims um but he does say that he doesn't think it's a coincidence that the emails were released just days before the democrats hold their convention by the way, the DNC Rules Committee already has a new person in mind. It's Ohio Representative Marsha Fudge. She will be Wasserman Schultz's replacement. And it does appear that the DNC's favorite reporter, Jake Tapper, from CNN.
0: Yeah, well, the, yeah, the, the Jake Tapper thing is a little weird um, because Jack, Jake Tapper is actually one of the, the fairest anchors at CNN, which is, you know... Not really saying all that much, considering that the, the that there's no Clinton question. Clinton News Network. Yeah, as I was going to say, it's well-deserved nickname, the Clinton News Network. Although, I have to tell you, Leah, during the Republican convention, this is an aside, which we'll get to, I'm sure, again later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during the Republican convention and today's coverage of this Wasserman-Schultz situation... I, I usually watch CNN because they're the only network I'm not sure what's going to say on any subject. That's right. I mean, I, right. I, I know for sure what Fox is going to say. I know for sure mm-hmm. what MSNBC is going to say. So I usually watch CNN, uh, especially when it's
1: breaking news. Cause, I did the same thing to the RNC. I did the same thing. Okay, and I
0: thought, I have to say, they were not nearly as in the tank for Hillary as I expected. Not, and I don't know for sure. For what, Hillary? I don't think I they were I, not as much as I expected. I expected them to keep, be giving Donald Trump the Sarah Palin treatment, uh, all guns a blazing, and that didn't was happen. It Don
1: Lemon that was on the far right is that him?
0: Uh, well, Don, if you're
1: looking at the panel, was it Don Lemon? Well, that, uh,
0: Don Lemon is an anchor there. Okay, he, he, all right.
1: Yeah, he. it was a hate fest for him, of course, every single thing that was said from every single person. So, I mean, I saw a lot of that on CNN. All
0: right. Well, when you, when you get 24 hours of coverage, you're going to be able to cherry pick whatever you want. But I, in, in general, I did not think that CNN was nearly as tough on Trump and as in the tank for Hillary as I had expected, although I, I, my expectations were pretty high for that. But let's go back to this specific mm-hmm. story and, and unravel it piece by piece here. First of all, the the Russian thing, the Russian <laughs> angle. All right. Now you laugh about it, and I, it's been getting a lot of laughter, even in the media. In fact, you know, referencing what I just said, Anderson Cooper basically mocked it, and Cooper's, you know, clearly going to vote for Hillary, uh, and, and and thought, you know, this is this seems outrageous, this seems ridiculous, uh, and and he was not accepting it at face value. I had to tell you my my blink reaction, and I don't know any of the details. Okay, so. I I reserve the right to change my mind about this, but my blink reaction to the allegation that that Russia is in some way, shape, or form behind this, I think it's so crazy it's got to be true. It is such a nutty thing to say, especially for them to say it right off the bat, because they're going to look
1: so ridiculous if it's not true that they're... Right wing conspiracy over all of the women. These people will say anything no, 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 no. Leah, Leah, to get it off of no, them no, no. and no, no. onto someone
0: else. Look, look. I know. Y- I know you think that. Um, you think a lot of things that that I don't agree with. But but one of the things that that conservatives in general think is that somehow. Uh, Hillary and her campaign are a bunch of nimrods. They're idiots because they're liberals. Now, these are very professional people. No, no. Okay? no they I, are
1: very evil geniuses. I, I agree
0: with that. I think they're more more evil genius than they are numbskulls. And they are not stupid enough to put this out there because it's one of those things. See, it's one thing to come up with an excuse— that you might have plausible deniability on, or that people wouldn't remember, or that wouldn't be easily mocked, or that wouldn't potentially cause an international incident if you're wrong. I, I'm just telling you, this reeks to me of something that's got to have truth to it, because it would be completely imbecilic. we'll see. We'll see. It would be, we'll see. <laughs> I know we will, and if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit it. But I, I'm telling you, my gut, my link, blink reaction is, There's got to be truth to this because this would be absolutely imbecilic for the Clinton campaign to claim that Russia is behind this without there being some decent evidence or logic behind it. And by the way, just for the record, which candidate has Putin praised and which candidate has praised Putin? It's Donald Trump.
1: So it's not as if this is,
0: this is not,
1: maybe because he doesn't want Hillary, Hillary's already set the world on fire. I, I personally, (laughs) if this theory is accurate,
0: okay, again, that's a big if, I, I think there's a logical argument to be made that Putin would much rather have Donald Trump, who he knows he can wrap around his finger simply by complimenting him. Than you know somebody like Hillary who he he doesn't have figured out yet. I mean Trump has already complimented. Yeah, because that reset
1: button makes her so smart. I'm
0: not. Oh God, Leah! (laughs) This is not getting off to a good start because um, you know. Look,
1: the Clintons. They put anything out there. No, I don't give uh, any weight behind this whatsoever. Well, when, All they do is lie. She lies to the faces of the, right. this woman and this campaign. Uh, There's nothing they can say. Okay, well, if I, this, I just if don't this, believe anything this, well, they I, say.
0: Well, that's the problem with you, have Because you, you no longer look at anything objectively. You think that I, I, everything, well, not everything, her. everything from <laughs> their, their side is a, is automatically a lie. I'm yeah. telling you, it's only a lie if it makes sense that it's a lie, this makes no sense for it to be a lie because it would be malpractice, political malpractice to the nth degree, which is certainly possible. I want to emphasize but they, but they, that's possible. They but
1: they have cover on anything. I no, think. they
0: don't. How do they have cover here? This is if this is flat out wrong, they have. They have hugely blown this because now th- their big issue is she's the one you can rely on w- with regard to international crises. We're not going to create World War III. And here you have them c- claiming that Russia is behind this and there's no evidence that there is. It blows up their entire anti-Trump narrative. That's why they would have to be... idiots. <laughs> to go That's there... That saying.
1: Well, oh my.
0: All right, we're <laughs> off to a stellar start. It's going to be a long two and a half hours, folks, on the John and Leah Show. More news coming up next right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Talking about the revelations on the eve of the Democratic National Convention in my old hometown of Philadelphia, which happens to be one of the 23 different radio markets which carry the John and Leah show. You can check all those out at our website, freespeechbroadcasting.com. The email scandal that has Brought an end to the reign of Debbie Wasserman Schultz as the head of the DNC. Although, oddly, there's a lot of odd parts of this story, Leah. Oddly, she's still scheduled to speak tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, that's uh, so weird. uh, (laughs) And and while she is no longer the head of the DNC, officially, while she's not running the convention, she she will still technically be the head until Friday. Yes. um, Which, frankly, what it sounds like. Here's what it sounds like what happened is that they needed a scapegoat for this uh, email thing. Correct. Uh, And so she needed to go, but she had enough leverage and enough loyalty from Hillary, and I guess Bernie Sanders was able to be convinced to go along with this, that she could salvage some semblance of dignity. And by the way, part of the reason she needs to salvage some dignity here is that she is a congresswoman from Florida. Florida, obviously a key state and you know she's in a district that theoretically you know they they could lose if somehow she got torpedoed and it was looked like she was in the midst of a massive scandal here so there's there's some small logic for why she hasn't just been completely jettisoned you know off to Immediately. off to Vince Foster land um, but <laughs> here's your cookie right um, i'm still I, I i'm still not convinced she's actually going to speak tomorrow because the the media coverage that I've seen has been pretty intense on this, maybe more than they expected. And and I referenced that in the last segment. See, I think that we could, and this is the beginning stages, although we're going to find out this week if, if my instincts are right, Leah. I think the Clinton campaign might be having a little bit of deja vu to 2008 when they thought the media was on their team and it turned out they weren't. They were on Barack's team. And they were very late in figuring that out, and so I think that their presumptions, uh, their calibrations, might be a little bit off. Like, oh well, we'll just we'll announce that uh, Schultz is done at the end of the week. We'll let her speak. We're not going to humiliate her. The media will give us a pass on this. That hasn't happened, at least from what I've seen uh, so far today. But let's go back to what actually occurred, because in these emails, I guess I guess correct me if you think I'm wrong, Leah. The key element here is as you referred to it, a conspiracy within the DNC to torpedo Bernie Sanders and, oh, yeah. s- and specifically torpedo him based upon his religion. That, yes. That's that's the, I guess, the the smoking gun email, if there is one here, what, which, of course, is particularly odd since Debbie Wasserman Schultz, I'm pretty sure, that's about as Jewish as you get. So uh, how, how it is that they were going to use... Sanders' jewishness against him because uh, he's apparently an atheist well yeah but he's also jewish so i mean i i, I, I don't they we're know. gonna out him he's not real jew well the difference <laughs> <He's an> atheist. <laughs> i've never quite understood the difference you know there are a lot of jews who are atheists and there's nothing wrong i i consider myself to be an atheist so I actually think that that's, or at least an agnostic. It depends on what day of the week. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. If I'm in a, if I'm in a good mood, I'm an agnostic. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm an atheist. But, <laughs> but, so, so it's hard for me to really see what the, the neck, you know downside here is. But regardless, you know, at least technically, both Sanders and, and Wasserman Schultz are Jewish. Uh, so I, I don't really kind of get that element of this. Yeah, I, don't, this. Either. I uh, don't either. But that's the smoking gun. And you know this is hard as Sanders himself said in this in the clip that you played this is hardly a surprise folks I mean
1: he's the, been calling for her ouster, and he's been naming her specifically the entire primary right but we've also known I've said this
0: in a dozen different ways during the last year and a half of this program there was no way the Democratic Party was going to let Bernie Sanders be the nominee. It just wasn't going Clearly. to happen. Now, <laughs> right. And it, I, I guess all we learned is, oh my gosh, there's actually proof that shows right, there is no way that they how far they were willing to go to make sure that that didn't happen. Now, here's the the brass tacks of this. My gut tells me, unless the Democrats really screw this up, kind of like Trump did with Melania's plagiarized speech, and 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 do everything they can to elongate this story. Unless the Democrats do that, I don't think this is going to have a major impact because it's clear. And I don't know what they have on Bernie. I don't know what they've promised him, but it is obvious Bernie is still a hundred and ten percent on board.
1: With, I know with
0: the Hillary Clinton train, and he's which is amazing I, to me. I don't know what they have for him. I mean, he's old. He's what seventy four years old. It's not. Like, what are they promising him? What, what What does he care about? He's already got his primetime speech. Right. Uh, you know this week, so I, I don't know. I mean, I know he I do believe he sincerely wants to make sure that Donald Trump is not president. But I, I'm a little confused as to why Bernie isn't feeling his oats a little bit more. You know, now that you know we, we joked before that Obama asked him for his testicles a while back and he gave them up. Exactly. Uh, this gives him at least one more testicle left because he could he could clearly cause a lot, a lot, lot of lot
1: pro- of leverage. He
0: could cause a lot of problems over the next uh, few days since a lot of those delegates there. Are Bernie Sanders delegates, and now they've got proof that you know the the, the fix was in, or if not the fix, I, I wouldn't call it a fix. I would call it more of a staging. They, 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 the DNC was clearly willing and able to do whatever it took, if necessary,
1: oh, to, uh, yeah, to, I'd call it a war plan.
0: Yeah, to make sure that Bernie Sanders was not the candidate and Hillary was. Now yeah. the other, so I, I don't see this as a a big deal. I think this is a temporary story maybe a four or a five out of 10 on on the scandal scale, at least especially considering the fact that it's the Democrats. If the Republicans did this, this would be a much much bigger deal uh, as everything always is because of the news media. Now that gets me to the next aspect of the story because it's funny to watch CNN obsess over the W. Wasserman Schultz angle of this, but completely ignore the CNN aspect of the story because a lot of these emails deal with, how they were going to coordinate coverage with right. CNN now some of it was also on uh, NBC and Chuck Todd but as you re- Chuck re- Todd. <laughs> as, as you referenced <laughs> earlier to... yeah. as you as you referenced earlier CNN was a big part of this including Jake Tapper and, yes. and just to use the Jake Tapper example and again Jake Tapper is usually pretty fair he seems to at least understand that conservatives actually exist and that they might not all be complete lying scumbags all the time. Every day, uh, so I, of all the CNN anchors, I would consider him to be the smartest and the most fair. There were several emails there which indicated, and, and this is the key part. Lee, I think you are going to agree that it's clear that the DNC thought of CNN and Jake Tapper as being willing to do their bidding for them. There is not absolutely there is not definitive proof that they were willing to do the bidding. But right. in the, but the e- the emails indicate that in the mindset of the DNC, it's that, a done deal. That CNN works for them. that's, yeah. that's the tone of the emails. That the that the CNN and even Jake Tapper, you work for us. Uh, yes. And, and by the way, I referenced uh, NBC and and Chuck Todd. I believe there was an email uh, to him saying this coverage must stop. I think that might have been the headline. If it wasn't in yeah. the headline, it was... It's
1: this, unbelievable. This
0: DNC sending an alleged journalist in a major network, NBC, this coverage must stop. It's now, just unbelievable. Well, I, I wish I could say I was shocked, but like much like Bernie Sanders, I, I'm not, uh, yeah. because I've always believed that this is the way that it is. And again, it's not that there's proof that the media actually did do the bidding or... Was as in the tank for the Democrats as the Democrats thought they were. But the emails reveal a culture. It's a culture that, in their mindset, in the way that they do business on a day to day basis, they work for us. The media, they control the media. Right. The, the media works for us. If we need something done, We send an email over to Chuck Todd or even to Jake Uh Tapper, and we say, this is what we want, this is what we don't want. Do this at (laughs) 8.20,
1: and then at 8.40, I'm going to send you another bit of the story to put in. But this is not new. I mean, we had
0: a similar scandal after the 2008 election, where we learned that there was this whole email chain of top-notch reporters that were all talking about Basically, how to destroy Sarah Palin and promote Barack Obama? I, I,
1: I mean, this oh is yeah, but see that, you know, that needs to be done. So <laughs> it really just didn't get that much in the news. Well, but, it was a little blip, but, but then let's move on. But
0: the point, the point here is that this is not new information. The media, of course, will not cover it because, they, to the extent that they deserve, it deserves to be covered because they don't have a self interest. I mean, it's them. Mm-hmm. They're talking about them. They're not going to talk about a scandal involving them, and again, they can rationalize it because, to my knowledge, as of this moment, there's not an email that shows a media outlet saying, oh, sure, great, yeah, we'll do this, this, and this for you exactly as you want, but they wouldn't be, there would never be the request, or frankly, the demand, depending on how you define this, the request or demand would never happen unless there was an expectation
1: from prior interaction that, that was sure. appropriate. They, Plus, they have between themselves and the DNC spoken, well, they're already going to do this story. They're all asleep now. Are you saying that we're going to screw them over? I mean, right. so it, it, it's a done deal, and it says so in some of the emails.
0: And the fact that they were willing to do that with even Jake Tapper indicates that it's probably far worse with the guys that are and, and women are, that are totally in the tank. For the left, I mean the the, I mean Anderson Cooper must be told you know what what dance to do on any given night uh, because I mean he's completely in the tank on in in most situations although as I've already referenced uh, in this hour not not so much uh, as I expected during the Republican convention and not so much tonight uh, on the uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the email leak story Um, when we come back a couple more thoughts on on the impact or alleged potential impact of all this and I do want to get to the events of the Republican convention as well, and the uh, resignation of Roger Ailes and a whole bunch of other things on this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is Free Speech Broadcasting. Dot com. In the next hour, we'll talk about the events of the the many events of the Republican National Convention, the Trumpiest convention of all time. I uh, want to wrap up in this segment um, some more about this uh, email scandal and uh, the media's uh, aspect to it. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Leah, <laughs> a guy by the name of R.D. Chain responded to our, talk, our thoughts about Jake Tapper being fair, saying, the mere fact you think Jake Tapper of CNN is somehow fair or above the typical left agenda's corruption shows your poor judgment. He blows. <laughs> he uh, used to be fair. Okay, no, He's no longer fair. Well, I, look, I, I, my perspective on this is I, I'm grading on a scale. Yes, and so, I know. In, in comparison to everybody else on CNN or non-Fox News uh, news media – I think that Jake Tapper clearly is in the middle range, if not better than middle, uh, when it comes to being fair to conservatives. That doesn't mean that he's good. It just means he's the best of a really bad lot, uh, especially blows. at CNN. And, and the fact that he is implicated, at least indirectly, in uh, this media conspiracy on behalf of uh, the Democratic Party just shows how deep it likely goes, because as I said, yeah. the emails to Don Lemon or to Anderson Cooper, oh my God, okay. can, you, can you imagine what they are to MSNBC? I mean, <laughs> my goodness, the MSNBC emails just must be off the charts. Now, one last thought on the emails in particular, and I have half jokingly, half seriously said this since the beginning of all this discussion of emails and Hillary Clinton. The only thing that's going to really matter when it comes to November votes, is if they find, forget about an email where they might go after Bernie Sanders for his, his religion, whatever the heck his religion is. No, 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 no. The only email that matters is the email of Hillary Clinton dissing, clearly, Beyonce or Taylor Swift or even Katy Perry you get something like that, which, by the way, might happen. I mean, we're getting some pretty crazy stuff in these emails. You, you get, you get Hillary dissing Beyonce, Taylor Swift, or Katy Perry. It's over. It is over because that's something that the average voter will latch onto, and her base will disintegrate if that happens. That's the world we're living in now. An email about fixing the Democratic primary. Eh, you know what? Dif- you know what difference at this
1: point does it make? No one cares. Yeah, they don't care. No one cares. They don't care but, that she sold out America. That she had uh, an insecure server. And none of it matters. No, but if you she could be a murderer.
0: But if you get a but if you matter. get a celebrity, if you get celebrity <laughs> involved, a you know popular female celebrity, it's over. Look out, because that's <laughs> something the media will never let go of, and her base would evaporate uh, because that's what people care about in this day and age. Uh, So, you know, unless unless we find that email, I'm not going to go apoplectic over any of these email stories. But this one is particularly interesting, especially we're going to keep an eye on the the Russian angle, because uh, Leah and I uh, disagree on whether or not the the Democratic Party would be stupid enough to float that unless there was some evidence behind it. But we don't have an answer to that as of yet. All right. Now, uh, the other thing that happened on the eve of the Democratic uh, uh, convention was, of course, Hillary Clinton choosing her vice presidential running mate. I've been uh, really pretty- On the
1: edge of your seat waiting for this?
0: No, I've been pre- particularly prescient when it comes to VP picks this uh, cycle, although y- you weren't with us uh, last week. I did predict uh, that New- that Newt Gingrich would not be Trump's pick, uh, that Pence was the one that made the most sense. That's what ended up happening. And I also said that Tim Kaine would be the most likely choice to be Hillary Clinton's Running mate. In fact, they even won fifty bucks on the predicted.org uh, website, where you can uh, bet on such things. Uh, mainly because he's incredibly safe, and Hillary is very confident right now, so she made the safe choice. Although, Leah, tell us about how that uh, the selection uh, process went, and, and what happened when they when they uh, finally made their appearance together.
1: Well, you know, uh, he is a senator. He is a Virginia senator, Tim Kaine. He's also the former governor of Virginia. And I think that the Hillary Clinton campaign, one of the main issues that they apparently uh, sent all the memos to the news media to highlight was the fact that he speaks fluent Spanish. Now, I'm just wanting to get everyone ready because the reason he speaks fluent Spanish is because he spent an entire year in Honduras. Now, Fox News, Jennifer Griffin, this is Fox News, sums up his ability to speak Spanish and she sounds just like every other person that talked about it this week. He speaks fluent Spanish. Some say he even speaks better Spanish than some of the Latino candidates who were on her short list. There you have it. (laughs)
0: So what's your problem with that? I'm 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 confused, Leah. You you seem to be you seem to be bothered by the fact that Tim. I'm
1: very bothered. Why
0: are you bothered by the fact that Tim Kaine can speak Spanish?
1: I'll tell you, no, no. It's that he speaks fluent Spanish after being in Honduras for one year. He speaks it better than the Latino candidates. So what's wrong with that? When this is the same news media that ripped apart from tip to stern. Uh, Ted Cruz's ability to speak Spanish and Marco Rubio's ability to speak Spanish.
0: I'm confused. Are you saying that Tim Kaine Kaine can't really speak uh, fluent Spanish?
1: I'm saying that only because he can speak Spanish, it's widely accepted by everybody as better than anything. Yet, if it's a Republican candidate, ah, they're a fraud. Now, wow. one of the things about uh, Tim Kaine uh-huh. is that he is a well-known Democratic operative, and one of the other main things that they really are pushing is that he's liked. He's well-liked. He's and well-liked in so, the so Senate.
0: Wait, so I mean, hold on a second. So your argument against Tim Kaine is he speaks Spanish too well and he's well-liked. Well, I'm, I'm really getting confused here, Leah. Well, so what's my argument
1: per- against Tim Kaine uh, is it, not against Tim Kaine. My argument is against the news media.
0: I, okay, well, look, Ted Cruz, I think, on I don't know how well or how poorly Ted Cruz speaks Spanish in comparison to Tim Kaine. I don't know, because I don't speak any Spanish, even though I live in Southern California. But the difference is Cruz is Cuban. And so, therefore, I think he was held to a higher standard, especially when he was pretending to be Cuban, and Marco basically called him out on it, because Marco actually does speak Spanish. So... I, that, that's Marco com-
1: also got blowback because of his accent. It, it, it's just it it's the hypocrisy. It's widely it's a, this guy spent one year and he's better than the Latino
0: candidate. But we but Come maybe on. but maybe
1: he is. How do you okay. know?
0: How uh, do you, okay? You Oh my god. <laughs> Leah, wow. You you've become I what has happened to you over the last few months? You've become completely... Do
1: you not see the hypocrisy you, become, in the news media? You've you become
0: completely Trumpified. It's
1: like... it's like I'm not Trumpified. This right. is media. All
0: right. Well, Hour number two of the John and Leah show. What, you, you Someone used give her around. a shot. Someone give her a shot fast.
1: You used to see this stuff. <laughs>